All right, we're now live. Love to see it. Live, loaded, and rolling. Uh, but you were just talking about uh the You People movie. Yeah, bro. I saw the uh the trailer and I was like, hmm, interesting concept. But then I started to see people talking trash about it on social, and I was like, yeah, that's about right. It kind of seemed like it would be that way. And yeah, and it's fun. like I said, sometimes I've noticed these movies, they throw like the big names in there. And so people kind of flock to it, but it's like, just because you throw the big names, it doesn't mean the movie's going to be good. Don't mean the writing's going to be good. Don't mean the screen, all that stuff is going to be good. And so you hate to see whenever it doesn't turn out well, because it's like, I kind of puts like a little asterisk besides that person's last performance. Right. I don't know who I was talking to recently, because in this movie, it's, uh, it's Eddie Murphy, Nia Long, Jonah Hill, and uh, Lauren London, right? Yep. Somebody said Nia Long, she, <laughs> this is bad, but she must be broke right now because um, she's a, she's been in a couple of bad movies recently. And I was like, oh man, I can honestly see that. Oh, it was Missing that she was in, um, the movie Missing, uh, which actually was pretty good. It wasn't great, but um, she was definitely in there and it was a little bit of a an interesting cast, but um yeah, it's uh, it definitely does say something when these big stars from like the yesteryears, like Eddie Murphy and Nia Long, like are in these today movies that turn out to be not so good. I'm like, did y'all just do that for a check? <laughs> and I'm kind of, I could definitely see that, you know. Because you know we're used to seeing Nia Long in the like the first one, you know, the Love Jones stuff like that, and then you got like the Are We There Yet, Are We Done Yet, and many other, these are just the ones I'm thinking off the top of my head, but I think of a classic, I think it definitely Love Jones, and it's like, that's the name of right, Love Jones? I think, so. wait, is that Nia Long, or is that, uh, what's Will Smith's wife's name? Jada Pinkett? Hold on, let me double check. No, it's Nia, because she's in there with, with Lorenz Tate, right? Yeah, 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 okay. Yeah. I'm I was about to say, if you watch more movies than I do, so I was like, if I got their own, police, correct me. But yeah, like you just used to, like, she's like a star in that space. And so it's just like to see that, and it's like, oh, this is interesting. But, you know, she's been in the news a lot lately with the situation where she felt like the Celtics organization left her out to dry. I don't know how controversial we want to get on this subject. Maybe we just want to browse by that. But she felt like the, the organization put her out, her business out in the public. I saw her talk about that. So she might be having to try to, you know, get her stuff in line after that situation is now. Moved yeah, forward. no, that's actually, I feel like we definitely should talk about that because, yeah, I definitely have some thoughts. Okay, so the whole situation with Eme, we can we can breeze through that. Like it is what it is. Ime, he's dumb. All right. It is what it is. I'm a Celtics fan. And I'm like, Ime, come on, bro. You fumbled the bag. Like you got Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. You got a team that was in the finals last year. You can be like the coach during whole period of time. And he fumbled it away. Okay. That's the whole thing. But I feel like the main point here that Nia is, Nia is bringing up is like how they handled it and i saw so many people giving her backlash about coming out and saying um she felt some type of way about the celtics like releasing information and like destroying their family they definitely could have handled it um privately and i felt the same way i was like they did not have to let this out like they could have addressed it as like a personal issue a team issue whatever it was but all of this about their marriage like being out in the public i'm like hey that's kind of invasive like y'all didn't have to put this information out there but i looked at the replies of like her post and stuff and people are like oh you're blaming the wrong person like you should be mad at ime and i'm like i'm sure she's mad at ime but you can be mad at the celtics for letting this information get out like i just don't think people had to know like exactly what it was like what do you think I was trying to figure out, and in these type of situations, I always wonder who is the one, like, you know, they obviously have a PR team, they have all that stuff. And there's, so there's different ways they can, like, get this out to the public. They can be very, like, discreet about it. And then they can also give a lot of information. And there's a lot of different ways to do it. It's like, who's the one who made the decision, like, this is the best way to do it for them? And maybe they're saying this is the best way to do it for the organization. They didn't really care as much about her family how it might affect them. They're like, this will put, this will make the Celtics go in the best light. Cause I'm pretty sure they never announced 
who the person that he was having the situation with, right? Yeah, no, they didn't release her name, which is also why I'm like, well, if they're yeah. not going to release this person's name, then obviously they can keep stuff under wraps. So exactly. So that's what I'm thinking, because I've been I've been listening to a lot of different people talk about it. I'm trying to like piece this whole thing together. I remember it was funny because definitely not funny. But when it first happened, I got the somebody <laughs> hit me up on Twitter. I was like, yo, man, you see this? And I was like, oh, wow. It was like early when I was still in Arizona at the time. I was like, oh, this is very bad. And I just heard like different commentator stuff talking about it. But just now me with all the information I gathered. I feel like they were they decided we're going to try to make this thing go as best as possible for the Celtics organization and the person who at the top oh. who had impacted and they just do like and it, and if Nia and her family and the coach kind of got messed up because of it it was going to be like a oh well situation so that's just what I thought of and it seemed like they kind of rolled with that out out layout I guess you could say no, and that's exactly what I feel like happened. Like they said, hey, we covering our asses. Forget yeah. me long. Forget email. Like, um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I definitely think that situation could have been handled differently and better um, by all involved. Outside of Nia, honestly, she seems like the true casualty of war here. Like she didn't have no control over nothing. Um, but as a Celtics fan, selfishly, I'm like. Honestly, it doesn't really matter to me anymore. I started off like being a little hurt with Ime not being the coach anymore because we did have such a successful season last year. But Joe Mazzula, he's he's that guy too. Um, and we've been doing a lot better uh, this year, a better start to the year than last year. So I'm like, hey, as long as we get that championship, I don't care who's coaching. And knowing that Ime is over here making these dumb decisions and just – can't I won't say that but and um make sure things uh are in the right priority I will say um then it, it doesn't really matter to me as long as we bring home banner number 18 we're all good and but I feel thing, bad for Nia definitely one thing you kind of really realize about this sports thing too opportunity gets taken from him he moves forward goes there elsewhere new person steps in gets his opportunity which brings me to the point of this we didn't even discuss talking about this but since we're talking gotta say it did you watch the john wall situation unfold i personally first of all let me stop i asked you a question did you watch the john wall situation unfold yeah no actually i was just about to say break it down i think i saw um is, are you talking about like the trade yes oh and the backstory of the trade john wall who I think we were all fans of John Wall. We were watching his hoop, I think his hoop mixtape coming out of high school. He goes to Kentucky with DeMarcus Cousins and company. I think like everybody on that start lineup was like drafted in like in the draft, like early rounds, if I'm not mistaken. Was he on the same team as Marcus Kidd Marcus Kid Gilchrist? I think I think Marcus Kidd Gilchrist went to was it was it Kentucky? Yeah, yeah. wait, wait. It actually was. But did, were they there at the same time? Um, I'm not sure, bro. I'm really not sure. My college basketball history is getting a little muddied up right now. Yeah, I don't know for sure, but I know John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins were there at the same time. But anyway, so one thing you got in John Wall's from Raleigh, North Carolina, things we said in the podcast. No, he's from North Carolina. One thing you got to love about John Wall is, and I knew it as soon as I saw him on the interview. I was like, he's going to give it up. Some of these professional athletes get on these podcasts and I get why they do it. They don't give it up because it's like certain things you don't, things that get spent around the media a lot. It's like, honestly, sometimes it's, it seems like it's in their best interest to kind of get there, to be there, talk, like have hopefully some fans like them a little bit, get a little hear a little bit about their backstory, but don't go too much in depth. But as soon as I saw John Wall and I think I said, no, 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 that brother is not going to just say what he needs to be said. He's going to say how he really thinks. So he's on there. He's talking about how, like, he, he was a really great thing. He was talking about, um, obviously, getting recruited by John Kyle Perry and stuff like that, which is stuff like me, a John Wall fan, definitely wanted to know about. Uh, his time with the, with the Wizards. And he was talking about, because I always wondered when he went to Houston, I was like, oh, this is going to be interesting. Originally, when he went to Houston, and he was he was like, oh, man, we were trash. And then he was like, I was, uh, he mentioned another guy on the team. He's like, how am I supposed to win with these guys? Like, and then literally, I would say within three, two to three weeks later, right before the NBA trade deadline, after he had just talked all this trash about the Houston Rockets, and it was his personal experience. So I can't really just like he was talking trash. He was just giving his honest opinion. 
the Clippers traded him right back to the Houston Rockets. I was like, oh, my. when I saw that, I was like, that's flagrant. I hit up Q. I said, Q, this is flagrant. It was almost as if I, somebody in the Clippers organization didn't like him. He's like, you know, how can we get him back? Let's send him right back to the place he was talking the only, really the only place he was talking the most junk about on the podcast. Um, <laughs> Dog, that's actually so funny that they did that, bro. It was definitely malicious intent. They were like, hey, we're going to get you back, bro. We're going to get you back. Um, now nah, I'm glad that you broke down that whole situation because these memes that I was seeing during the trade deadline make a lot more sense now. Um, <laughs> I saw one where it was like um, Jalen Green and I think the other uh, young player from the Houston uh, Rockets, they were like, welcome back, John. <laughs> um, so great. It, it makes sense, bro, because, yeah, he was definitely talking trash about the whole organization and he was just like, yeah, I'm not trying to rebuild. I'm not trying to do nothing like this. Like, so yeah, he was definitely shitting on them boys, but dang, he right back in the mix with them now. I was hoping, I was hoping that like for something happens, like a sign and release or something. And I really would love to see him go back to the Wizards because he kind of, you know, it felt like he had a lot of great feelings for uh, the Washington Wizards while he was there. And obviously it kind of became like his home city to an extent. And whenever he went back and played there, he felt the love. So I was hoping for that type of situation. Um, John Wall, he's not really, from what I've seen, he's not really one of these guys going to like blast people in the media unless he's just giving his honest opinion. But I, I just don't know if that was like a joke with millions of dollars on the line as far as a contract. But it's like, what would make Houston want him back? I don't get, unless they're trying to teach him a lesson. Like, they're like, yeah, bring him right here. Sit him down right here by us. I don't know what's going to happen with that, but I'm hoping he ends up with the, and here's one thing I was thinking about too. It's like, yo, like he just went from playing for the Clippers where it's like a chance y'all may make a run in the playoffs to Houston. It's like that changes trajectory and of like your whole, like of the expectation of the season. Yeah. Playing with Kawhi and Paul George and y'all, y'all getting ready to make a run. You know, I feel like y'all the best team in LA right now to Houston, which has been rebuilding since James Harden left. So. Who knows what's about to happen with that situation? Yeah, nah, facts. And honestly, as we're talking about this, Matt, it's so much going on in the world of sports right now. Like, this is probably going to be a heavy sports podcast just because <laughs> so much stuff is going on. I promise it won't be all sports, but we definitely got to address a few things. Um, Matt, when we were talking about the topics um, before we hopped online, um, I forgot about the biggest move of them all, bro. KD going to the Suns. Um, how you feel about that? Dude, that it's crazy, y'all. Just for full transparency, like Josh ain't just talking. We had no thoughts. I think we only had like maybe one or two sports topics on here. But dude, that that's a crazy trade. Didn't expect that. Saw the Kyrie situation. I was like, okay, cool, whatever. But I feel like, what's up? I was saying just facts. My bad. Yeah, no, you good. I, I was thinking like, okay, like Kyrie's going, but I felt like the reports were saying, but Kevin Durant's gonna stay. Then next thing I know, KD to the Suns, you know, I just left Phoenix. I know them boys going crazy out there because now a home game, you get to go see Kevin Durant. And I think last year they were trying to get Kevin Durant, or at least the fans, the guys that are my friends were like, that'd be crazy if we could have Kevin Durant. Now you got Kevin Durant, you got Devin Booker, you got Chris Paul, and your boy, y'all was already almost in the finals. You know, you had the little thing with Luka last year. But now, it's, but somebody also said this, and I don't want to say too much. It's like the pressure is on Kevin Durant. First of all, now this is explicitly, this is like proving it's all right. Kevin Durant can only win the Super Team. And if he ain't, if he leading it, it's not gonna work. It just is what it is. Like it's just not. I mean, he can lead it, but there has to be other superstars or Hall of Famers, I guess you could say, on the team. But sure. it's like, but now they people don't want to hear you don't win to a Finals, at least one Finals with the Suns, but you got Chris Paul and Devin Booker on your team beforehand with Brooklyn. If it happens is great. If it doesn't, we understand it kind of. We're going to give you a little stuff. But now, no excuses. Yeah, bro. It's really no excuses for him. But honestly, I had this thought um, whenever I first saw the trade go through, which it happened at like 2 a.m. in the morning. So I woke up the next morning and saw it. And I, I thought it was one of those fake pages. But Yeah, same, same. <laughs> literally. But I was thinking – there's so much talk about KD and being on these super teams. They're like, oh, he can't do it without a super team. If you look at his career, bro, he's always been on a super team. Yes. <laughs> really since he started. Like, maybe not when he was, like, first on the Supersonics and stuff. But 
that first uh like championship run with Westbrook and Harden and even Ibaka too like they had them and granted they were young so it is what it is but um and then it was just him and Westbrook but they had a, a pretty good supporting cast so that was probably like the most normal team that they had but then he goes to the Warriors and then of course we know what happened there and then he goes to the Nets and it's uh Kyrie and Harden and they do absolutely nothing <laughs> Um, and then they shift over uh, to the Suns, and now he's with this big three. And it's like, this man, KD, has always been surrounded by talent. Like, I feel like he's a very self-aware person when it comes to the things he needs around him. So I don't know. Maybe this is just another iteration of that. And he has two rings, I think. Um, yeah. I would love to see him win at least another one. Um not this year, though, because the Celtics taking it all um, probably for the, the next couple of years. So he might not get his. But um, <laughs> um, I don't know. I like Kevin Durant. I like him as a player. I like him as a person. I just like his cool, like, I don't give a F mentality. So and we know we can, he can get a bucket, too. So it'll be interesting to see how that shapes out on the uh, on the Suns with Chris Paul, who needs a ring. Devin Booker, who is a great player, but doesn't have a ring either. Like, maybe he is that piece that brings it all together. Yeah, like I said, it's going to be it's gonna be hard for him. He needs to win one. He needs to win one with them. Because if they look back, it's not the same because it's not LeBron, Dwayne, and uh, Chris Bosh. But it kind of gives me that type of mm, – I, I don't even want to say that. Because CP3 is kind of out of his prime a little bit. But it's just like you just got to get one here. You got to get one here, and I don't really know how much it's going to help your legacy getting one here. But I know if you don't get one here, it's going to hurt it. So I, that's probably what I'll say about that. But how did you feel about uh, Kyrie heading to Dallas? Um, I actually really like that move. Um, Kyrie and Luca together, I feel like while they both are very, like, ball-dominant, well, is Luca a guard? I guess he is a guard. But um, they're, very, they're very both ball dominant guards I feel like because the way they play and how like dynamic they both are individually they will work um and knowing that the Mavs don't have too much talent around Luka like adding a guy like Kyrie I feel like they'll be able to like that one-two punch um kind of like how Kyrie and LeBron was um so I don't know if they'll be like contenders but I would hate to see them in the playoffs like knowing that Kyrie can give you 40, 50 a night, knowing that Luka can give you 40, 50 a night, like you're going to have your hands full. Um, so yeah, I'm a big Kyrie fan. I'll stand by that. Like I, I like him as a player. I like him individually as a person. Um, Luka, I love him as a player. Like I don't think there's anyone more talented than Luka in the league, which is crazy to say, but um, I don't know. I It'll be interesting to see how the West shapes up. I know um the Nuggets are looking pretty good, like they're the number one seed, but I don't know if they're the favorite anymore with these uh, last couple of trades that happened. Uh, the West is crazy right now. The West is crazy right now. But, you know, anyway, I guess we can move on after I say this, though, but, man, you know, I really – I watch NBA, but not – no, I ain't gonna lie to you. I don't really be watching that much NBA like that until music gets to the finals or the, not in the finals, just the playoffs. But, man, I was just on TikTok. Shout out TikTok. Uh, that that thing has changed the world. That TikTok app has changed the world all the time. Spend on the XYZ. That's not the point. So I was on there the other day, and I was just I don't really watch the Warriors. Like I said, I don't watch too much of the NBA. But then I seen this clip of the, that man Jordan. Was it Jordan Poole? This man, like when you talk about like that next generation for the Warriors, you know, as Steph Curry continues to play well but gets a little older and get injured a little more XYZ. Yeah, man, Jordan Poole is so nice with it. Like, I was like, I was watching his highlights. I felt like I was watching, like, back in the day, not the same type of player, but, like, I used to watch the Allen Iverson highlights. And you're like, how did he do that? And he just seems like he does this on a nightly basis. Have you watched a lot of Jordan Poole? What do you think of him? Because I'm, I kid you not, I feel like, I, besides the Draymond Green punched uh, when he hit him or whatever, I feel like I had heard his names a couple times watching a little bit of the playoffs. But that, that that kid is explosive. He's dynamic. Like he he's definitely next up as far as like that next generation of player. Nah, that's a fact. I've actually uh I actually forgot about that Draymond Green situation. <laughs> they got into a fight. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Draymond got suspended. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I actually have watched a lot of Jordan Poole, um, like on the Warriors, and he fits in so seamlessly there. But um, I used to, I was big into college basketball, uh, mainly the March Madness, which it's actually coming up, and I haven't watched a single game, um, game of men's basketball. I did watch the women's basketball yesterday, though, um, South Carolina versus LSU. Shout out to the Lady Gamecocks, of course, the best team in the nation. Um, but yeah, I was watching uh, a lot of college basketball whenever I was in like high school and early college. Um, and I remember Michigan uh, making a deep run into the final four one year. And there was this uh, crazy, crazy play um, buzzer beater to win. I think. Yeah. So we got cut off there for a little second, but during the the tournament run, I can't remember which year it was, but it was this crazy game between Michigan and somebody. Um, and I just remember there being this buzzer beater and I looked and it was this guy named Jordan Poole. And I was like, Hey, this man is nice. I was watching him cook people up. Then he had this crazy buzzer beater then. And then fast forward, maybe like four or five years, this man's in the NBA cooking people, cooking people. And yeah, he's uh he's definitely one of the like rising stars of the league. I don't think he's necessarily at the same level as like, a guy like Ja or Jason Tatum or somebody like that. Yeah. But like, hey, he's in the perfect situation. So I'm a big fan of Jordan Poole. Um, I hated him last year because Warriors beat my Celtics. But, hey, it is what it is. I'll recognize game whenever I see it. Yeah, it's definitely tears to the stardom thing. Ja and them, those guys are on a whole nother level. We can't even go into Java. We'll never get off sports. But uh, you definitely got the John Morant. Shout out South Carolina. I think he's from that Crestwood area, which is that Sumter area. But uh, I was telling one of my friends, I was like, y'all, we could have watched John play at AC floor for $15. What, $7 tickets, maybe $12 for playoffs. We just didn't know about him. Now he's in the big screen. I think a lot of, a lot of people's bucket list is to get out there to Memphis one, at one time. Because it's like, obviously, it's cool to watch them boys on the road, but to see them play in Memphis, it seemed like Memphis has kind of embodied that team. So definitely going to be something to watch as he continues to grow and grow in the league and uh, really continue to reach his net next level of stardom. Nah, facts. Big fan of Ja. Big fan of anyone from South Carolina, of course. Also, Zion's been putting on too. So both of them showing out really nicely for uh, for South Carolina. Um, yeah, we've been on sports for a little minute, but uh, we're going to keep the wheel rolling because uh, – you know, we got to talk about uh, probably the biggest achievement in the NBA in quite some time, bruh. LeBron passing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for uh, the most points scored in NBA history, which so many people have talked about that being like an unbreakable record. Um, LeBron has got closer and closer over the past couple of years, and I know it was like a big thing coming into this year. They were like, oh, he needs X amount of points to get there, and he might get there before the playoffs, and we're like halfway through the season and he's already there. So, man, it's been wild seeing that. Did you uh did you watch that game versus the the Thunder that he broke the record? I'll be honest with you. No, I wasn't even tuned into it. I figured the night was going to come here shortly, but I forgot what I was doing that night, but I saw the play. Obviously, I've been watching LeBron for years upon years, watching him dominate the game. I kind of want to say something here real quick. Hopefully I don't get too far off subject. And I think I was watching Joe Budden. Shout out Joe Budden, the Joe Budden podcast. He talked about how many All-NBA teams LeBron has made. I don't want to misquote him. I want to say it's like 19 All-NBA teams. Uh, I'm not 100% sure about that, y'all. So for those of y'all who watch the NBA, I'm sure y'all will let me know if I'm wrong about that. But it's like that. Oh, hey, No, it's 18-18. Here's the thing about this thing, the greatness thing of LeBron. Shout out him for... Obviously, most points, that's an incredible achievement. He'll continue. We'll continue to argue in barbershops about uh, LeBron or Michael Jordan. I'm sure we will. But uh, definitely was like a, it's definitely a nice to get a notice for that type of award. But it's 18 All-NBAs, right? And now take that to music. And you know one of his best, I think one of his best friends is Drake, right? And you look at Drake. Drake's been posting a lot about like, like his old albums and stuff. And it's like, and so there's a picture he just posted on Instagram and he had like five or six of his old albums and they're all classics. And you go, so what, what America loves is the consistency of greatness, right? You have 19 All-NBAs or 18 All-NBAs. So 18 times you've been voted to be one of the best players in this sport. So it's not just you did it one year, not you did it two, not you did it three, you did it 18 times. Take that into another 
realm, as in music, one of his better friends, Drake. And it's like, not because you can give me nothing worth saying. It's not because if you can give me, if you're reading this too late, it's because you can just keep giving me the great ones, one after the next, and one after the next. And so obviously, you, all that consistency put together, you get an award, the most points scored, and you're, obvious, and you're in that conversation for the best player to ever play the game. So really excited for that about LeBron. Hats off to him. Hats off to his team. They've done an excellent job, and, he, and he's not done yet either. So that's always exciting to see as well. Yeah, facts. Like, it's honestly crazy how much he's accomplished. Um, there was a time where I really hated LeBron. Um, it was honestly whenever he was on the heat yeah. and he was smacking my Celtics up, the big three, he ruined our chances at a finals appearance multiple times. Um, yes, yes, but yes. So my arc with LeBron, like I didn't really care about him too much whenever he was in Cleveland the first time. He was just a cool player to watch. Then didn't like him at all whenever he was on the heat. Um, and then he went back to Cleveland. Um, I was not liking him very much, but then he went up against the Warriors and I didn't like the Warriors. So I started to like root for him. And then there's like a little bit of a little bit of a turn to like respecting him and seeing what he can do. And then there was one playoff. I can't remember. I think it was maybe it was like 2018 where he just went crazy. Like he was just going wild every single game. He was scoring like 35 points. He was getting crazy rebounds, hitting game winners. Like I was like, bro, what is this? And now it's just like you can't do anything but respect them. So as he keeps breaking these records, like and building out his case to be the greatest of all time, I'm like, it really doesn't make too much sense like for people to not like him anymore because it's like he's just an amazing basketball player and like if you like watching basketball I feel like it's hard to not like LeBron because like he just does so many things he accomplishes so much like he's been doing it for 20 years now and then knowing that um he has two sons coming up like it'll be cool to see them develop over the next like five to ten years and see if they're like the same level of hype as him if he is able to be on the court with Bronny at the same time like that would be cool so in terms of storylines it just makes too much sense to root for a guy like that and of course he's a great father figure he's a great uh like pillar of success in our community like I feel like at this point it's just anti-black to not be a fan of LeBron James and the thing is too right it's one thing to like succeed at a high level and come out come out of nowhere the expectations for him were through the roof coming into it and to not only meet expectations, but to then exceed expectations rarely happens. So you have to appreciate greatness. I even like used to kind of hate about it a little bit. Like when Kobe, those last couple of years, I think it was more so when he was playing or even maybe even a little bit before those last couple of years, I used to like maybe miss a game or two. And I guess I kind of did that with LeBron one. But you miss a game, and it's like you don't really appreciate that greatness, right? Like you don't really appreciate it. And then when Kobe's not playing no more. You look at those highlights, it's like, how did I miss that game? And so I and so with that being said, I just think it's really important that we like not acknowledge and like really appreciate it, kind of take it all in. Like, yo, because these type of guys don't come around every day. You know what I'm saying? The, the 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 odds are so small already. And then for them to be able to continuously meet the success and then go wherever they go with it, they don't come around every day. So you got to appreciate it as you're watching it unfold. No, literally, you have to because it's like history in the making. And I look at the picture of him breaking that record with that shot. Like, first off, it's a crazy picture. You see um, Thomas Bryan in the lower corner asking for the ball, where it's like, bro, you know you're not getting this ball. Yeah, no, not right now, bro. And then um, you look to see in the crowd is so many people, like literally everyone with their camera out, which yeah. is another uh, – with their phones out with their cameras but which is another testament just to our times and like how wild things are but um it's just crazy because it's documenting history and we know that we'll see that photo for the next 20 30 40 years of like oh this is when lebron broke this um and i know it's been 40 years i think since um kareem set that record um i guess this is a question for you matt do you think it will be another 40 years or how long do you think it will take until somebody breaks that record from LeBron? Mm. And who, and who do you think it would be? Will it be somebody current? 
Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. That's tough. I feel like some of these three-point shooters might get kind of close to it. Because you got somebody, mm-hmm. and even these young and upcoming guys that like to shoot that three ball. Because, see, once again, like LeBron's just been playing so long. A lot of people don't make it that long in the league. So that makes it difficult. But if you catch some of these three-point shooters that can get some longevity going there, and, you know, a lot of some of LeBron points are in the paint. So those three balls, maybe a couple and one three-pointers, you can kind of, I'm not going to say you can lap that, but you can catch up on times quickly. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I do not know. I know one's coming. Records are meant to be broken. Yeah, yeah, and that's my thing too, bro. Like, you know, so many people were like, "Oh, there will be a no- there will never be another Michael Jordan. There will never be another LeBron James. There will never be another Kobe." Yeah, that might be true, but like, you see people accomplish crazy stuff all the time. Like, these records will be broken. There will be a time where LeBron James is just like, "Oh, y'all, y'all still like LeBron? It's this new guy right now. It's this new guy who is uh dominating and stuff." Um. Hey, I don't just know. Think, just think, not interrupt you, but just think like, so you got LeBron who has the record right now. It's like, there's probably a kid somewhere in the park. So LeBron's from Akron. So maybe this kid's from Columbus. I don't know. Anywhere across the country. Might even might be overseas. And he's putting up a shot. And he's like, one day I'm going to break that record. And then give us five, 10 years from now, that kid will emerge. And then soon we'll be talking about how that guy broke the record. So you never know where these talents are coming from, especially now that the NBA is such a, you know, it's all over the world. So you never, you just never know who's coming through that door. Yeah, truly international. Um, I think if I had to choose somebody who's current right now, I don't know if anybody current will be able to do it because it really does take like that longevity. Um, but I would put my money on Luca. Luca is insane. The way he can score, the way he can do everything. Um, I think he's pretty much on pace right now. I was looking at this one TikTok, like comparing the different paces. Um, then of course I gotta go with my guy Jason Tatum. Um, I feel like, like no bias uh, or bias aside, I feel like Jason Tatum is probably one of the most like prolific scorers in the league, and is able to might be able to like make that step into being the face of the league. Um, so I could see him like making a run at it, but my money would be on Luca. I don't think anybody scores like Luca, so. That could be crazy. Um, I remember watching the Hornets. I came up for a Hornets game like last March, and I think Luca had 40 or something. I'm like, that's the quietest 40 points I've ever seen. But one thing <laughs> I do want to highlight, too, is and then the thing about this is LeBron has played a lot of games. Like every year he's going to the playoffs, deep in the playoffs and something. So that and so it has to be a guy that scores a lot of points and a team that consistently makes it deep into the playoffs because it's a lot that goes into it. And as little amount of injuries because Lamont LeBron until recently didn't really start getting hurt like that either. So he's playing all games through the whole season, through the playoffs, to the finals, make it to the finals and all that. So it'll be exciting to see, but I'm sure somebody will be able to take the baton. Maybe it's Luca, maybe it's Tatum, we'll never know. Well, we'll know here shortly, I guess you could say. <laughs> Facts, yeah. Longevity is going to play a factor for sure. Last thing I'll say about uh, LeBron and the Lakers, um, it was so crazy to me to see that um, when he broke it, they stopped the game immediately. Like, there was still time left in the third quarter. People were st- It was a close game, too. Like, it was just funny to see that they stopped the whole game and, like, they had a basically a halftime ceremony like during it. Um, that was crazy to see. And then so many people were making um, jokes or making claims about Anthony Davis, like not standing up, not celebrating and stuff. I was like, man, this is a whole spectacle. Hey, look, nowadays, like, and, I, and you can imagine, like, I guess for the listeners, like, I guess you got to visualize this. It's different because Granny's a professional athlete, so you're kind of expecting some of this stuff. You you played college basketball. You played high school basketball. If you're playing in the NBA. You're probably used to big crowds because even at your high school games, people probably were coming to see you play. A lot of guys don't just sneak up on the NBA. But it's like everything you do matters. Like, Anthony Davis might have just been like, okay, we don't know. And that's a very bad look for him. But he might just be like, man, we're losing the game or whatever. Having no idea that this is how this was going to look. And that's like highlighted. It kind of reminds me how nowadays when celebrities follow other celebrities on Instagram, you don't just sneak and do that. People notice. People screenshot. People put on Instagram. Do they have beef? Might be creating beef and stuff like that. But it's a crazy thing to think about. Even like you see guys on the sidelines just doing normal stuff because they're like watching the game. But maybe they're doing like something kind of weird. People highlight it, people meme it, people, and we will discuss it the next morning on Sports Talk. So definitely not a good look for Anthony Davis. And the fact that, like, maybe 
people thought what they thought, but it's whatever. But then Jalen Rose got up there the next day and was like, that's a bad look. It looks like he's hating. It's like, okay, that kind of confirms what a lot of people already thought. So I mean, I'm sure even LeBron's camp was kind of like, oh, interesting. You know what I'm saying? So we'll see how that continues to go. Nah, facts. Hopefully it's all it's all good in Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, a but little bit fun, but maybe it is. Um okay, sports wise, yeah, that that was a lot there. Um, Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I know, I know. I was about to say a lot's going on in the NBA, but you know we gotta talk about the Super Bowl. Like sports wise, man, that was the biggest thing to happen this past week outside of Kevin Durant, but Man, um, I guess I'm wanting to spend too much time building it up, bro. What were your main takeaways from the Super Bowl? Eagles versus Chiefs. Two black quarterbacks in the Super Bowl. You absolutely love to see that. I, I cannot lie. Um, I think a lot of people were fans of the Eagles, right? I think a lot of people really want to see the Eagles win. And so I think even some of the people's predictions – we're not even necessarily because they thought the Eagles were going, but they just really wanted them to win. We wanted to see Jalen Hurts win. We wanted to see Jalen, who has the all-women staff around him. I think the black lady is his agent, who is, if I'm not mistaken, over Clutch Sports, which is crazy. I mean, Clutch Sports is now taking over the NFL and the NBA. But that's a whole other thing. Shout out Rich Paul. But uh, Patrick Mahomes, man. Hey, man. This man, I think they said what, playing in three into five, three of the five Super Bowls since he's been in the league, loses, and I do not want people to under like underestimate. He lost Tyreek Hill, such as like what a 25, 23 million dollar receiver, wins the Super Bowl. Crazy. I wonder Devontae Smith. I'm a big Devontae Smith fan. After that year, he had a really where you could say his career, but the year he had the Hall, uh, not Hall of Fame, but then the uh, Heisman Trophy winning year at Alabama. Obviously, Jalen Hurts with the Colts, great play this year. After getting benched at Alabama, goes to Oklahoma, has to leave. A lot of fans didn't even want the Eagles to draft him. So to see him head to the Super Bowl was great to see. But, man, that Patrick Mahomes, man. I, and I've seen this stat before. I was trying to tell everybody around. I think they say, like, Patrick Mahomes is, like, 40% or something like that. Went down by, like, two touchdowns or more. Like he's better. He's the, they, Somebody said he's the best quarterback to play to, to be down. Like, that is his 100% comfort zone. He showed it again. Hey, Kansas City with another one, man. No, that's a fact, man. Patrick Mahomes, he really is just on another level. And honestly, I could see how anyone, maybe that isn't a huge fan of the sport, would be like, man, they just talk about this guy so much. Like, it's so wild. I was talking with Janelle. They really be on this, man. Like, they just talk about him. They hype him up so much. But he's worth the hype, man. Like, he is really crazy. Like, I know he had... Um, injuries coming into the game um, and he ended up playing through it and he had an amazing game. So it was wild to see that they made that happen. Um, Leading up to the game, I definitely was a little suspicious of so many people being on the Eagles and saying, yeah, I think the Eagles are going to win. Like I always love asking people like who they think is going to win just to get a public perception of, how it's looking um and so many people were like yeah man i think the eagles are gonna blow them out like eagles been looking really good and for a second i was like are y'all forgetting that they got patrick mahomes like (laughs) um and there's been so much going on recently about uh this uh the nfl being scripted arian foster came out and said about uh yeah we got these scripts and stuff i think that was funny but um hey it might be true it might be true but anyway um it was so much about like these scripts and stuff and i was thinking through that frame of mind of like what does it look like when you're thinking about storylines and stuff and i was like honestly the eagle storyline is a little bit like at the end like i don't think the super bowl would add winning the super bowl would add too much to their storyline um but thinking about storylines I do think it would add a lot to Patrick Mahomes. Like if he was able to come in basically on one leg, win a Super Bowl, um, all this turnover that happened with the receivers, he's basically carrying this whole team. Like he has two Super Bowl wins in the last four. Like he's really approaching GOAT status and he's only been in the league like five, six years. So it's uh, I thought it would be a better story. So 
um, with all due respect, I, uh, I definitely placed some bets on the Chiefs. Um, so I was glad to see that paid off. <laughs> it was a good Sunday for me. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a really good game. Um, it was cool to see them come all the way back. Uh, honestly, I, I would have liked for the Eagles and Jalen Hurts to win, but um, I just don't think it was in the cards. I definitely think they'll be back at some point. Um, they're too talented of a team. Jalen Hurts is too talented. I love his story just to see the perseverance from getting benched at Alabama to Oklahoma and to getting drafted, people booing and stuff, saying he can't throw, which has been the thing about black quarterbacks for a long time now, which is another episode in itself. Like, we got to dissect that too. Um, but yeah, I think the Super Bowl was like honestly one of the better ones, like in the past maybe like five, 10 years. Um, because I think about last year's Super Bowl, and I couldn't tell you nothing that happened in last year's Super Bowl. Like, I honestly forgot who was in it. And then I saw some highlights about the Rams and um, was it the Buccaneers? I don't know. Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bengals, Bengals, Bengals. I was um, thinking that too. I'm like, wait, uh, I, it's funny. I remember Cincinnati. I was like, the Rams, but something made me remember OBJ. And I was like, okay, that's who it was, the Rams. But yeah. Yeah, it wasn't too much of a memorable Super Bowl, but I think this one was. Um, I unfortunately, 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 was working. Um, was fortunate enough to have an ad in the Super Bowl. Um, shout out to the Sam Adams crew, but um, that's yeah. dope. That's dope. Facts, facts. It was a good time, man. It uh, got a a good response to the commercial and stuff, but um, yeah. So it was a little bit in and out of the game, but. It was memorable. I enjoyed the game itself um, came down to the wire. I enjoyed like all the betting and stuff around it and the conversation around that. Um, and hey, then let me mention this real quick too. shout out the University of South Carolina. So at University of South Carolina in the broadcast journalism school, broadcast journalism communication school, we have a class called uh, Super Bowl commercials where you kind of study Super Bowl commercials all year, uh, well, all that, that whole semester. And then you go watch the game together. And at first of all, I just think that's real dope to have classes like that. Or, you know, or also at USC, we had the sports media and society class. And so you're like getting to study sports. So if you got a younger sibling that's interested in journalism, communications, whatever, like definitely check out the J school. Cause I don't, most schools don't have that. Like that's, that's not a very, that's a very unique thing. I don't know if, um, Kevin Hull is still there or not, but uh, shout out him. I think he brags a lot to the program. But, yeah, so we had the Super Bowl commercials class. And you go watch the Super Bowl together with your class, which some people might not consider fun. But it was cool. Like, you being there with your classmates and whatnot. And then I think we had to, like, do a report or a project or presentation on which one we thought was the best and why. And so uh, I was joking with Josh before the show. It's like, I don't think Josh, Josh, you said you didn't take that class, right? Nah, I didn't take that one, which is honestly ironic given the the type of work that I do now. No, exactly. So I was thinking, I was telling Josh, he went if he would have taken it, the storyline could have been he went from paying obviously tuition at USC to study the Super Bowl commercials to therefore being paid as obviously as his occupation to be involved in the commercials. But just had to shout out USC for that one. But uh. Yeah, don't think. I'm, and if any of y'all listening, I'm sure some of y'all are in that J school with me because I know I took the class, so that was cool. But yeah, I didn't want to interrupt you, Josh. Just had to point that out right there. Nah, you good. You know we gotta always show love to the J school. Um, I'm pretty sure if you've been listening to the Dominate the Decade podcast for a while, you know we're big fans of the J school. Matt and I both went there. Great, great school. Learned a lot. Um, shout out to Ernest Wiggins. Um, for his. Sure. <laughs> valuable addition to our lives in general about like just studying media and stuff yeah, um I'll never, I'll never forget him talk i think it was either burger king commercial either burger king mcdonald's or coca-cola commercial whereas like i think commercials back in the 80 or 90 or it maybe when a commercial maybe it was just a poster and it was like the black people going to eat at the restaurant and just yeah. how how the differences between how things were where it was seemed like it was more of like a sit down type not like a not like a diner necessarily, but it seems like more people would sit there and eat their food. And I still remember like him kind of explaining the dynamics behind that. So yeah, shout out Ernest Wiggins, Professor Ernest Wiggins. Sometimes I feel like I'm still sometimes kind of young. So that's like <laughs> Mr. Mr. But yeah, shout out him. But uh, yeah. no, that's that's facts. That's facts. And honestly, this is a worthy like segue or at least like a, a diversion because yeah, no, that class was very 
impactful in um, the way that I view media in general, just because it really gave me a lens on like, there's so much thought that is put into all of these things that we see, advertisements in general. I was having this conversation last week, actually, with one of my friends, my good friend, Benji. Um, there's so much that goes into advertisement and doing this for work. Like we literally sit in these calls and have these conversations all day, pretty much about, oh, what are we going to put here? How are we going to say that? How are we going to do this? What is the audience that we're trying to reach? So Ernest being uh, Professor Wiggins, I should say, um, being one of the first people to like really open my eyes to that and like pointing out. No, they meticulously thought about putting this person there or they made sure to make this person a blue collar worker or they put this person in a family or they added a black person here. Like there's so many different intricacies to communicating messages through any form of media. But advertisement is probably the peak of it because that's literally what it's for. It's to get you to change your opinion or sway your opinion and do something that someone else wants you to do. And that might sound a little scary. That might sound a little malicious, but that's exactly what it is. Um, I don't think it always has to be that malicious. It can definitely just be, Hey, I'm a conduit to getting you to buy what you already want. Um, so a little bit less malicious, but equally as impactful and planned and predicated. So it's a lot that goes into it. But um, yeah, shout out to the J school for all the great curriculum that they had there. And we talked about all of that. We say we talk about Rihanna at the Super Bowl at halftime show. That's crazy. So no. Rihanna performed at the halftime show. It was highly anticipated. We haven't seen Rihanna drop an album in a long time. Just obviously just had a child. She's been working on Fanny. She's a billionaire, right? Josh. Oh, my bad. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think she is. Um, yeah, yeah. The Fenty line is going crazy. What'd you say? I said the Fenty line is going crazy. Yeah, so a lot of people are really excited to see her. And uh, I guess I asked you, what you thought of? You thought the performance was cool? You thought it was great? Exceptional? I, average? What you thought? I thought it was dope. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, I know there was a lot of conversation around which song that she was going to come out to. Um, she has so many bangers. And it was even like a, a betting prop, like what song is she going to come out to? My bet, I didn't actually bet this one, but my bet was uh, Run This Town because I was like, man, this is a really like influential and build up song. Yeah. She ended up coming out to Bitch Better Have My Money, which is also another good one. Um, overall, the performance was dope. I honestly, the levitating um, like platform that she was on, I thought that was crazy. Honestly, I thought it was CGI when I first saw it. I was like, is this real? Like, I was like, Rush, she really in the air? Um, that was crazy. Got some super fire shots from those um the cameramen were cameramen and women were going crazy capturing these moments. Um, I did think it was a little short. Like it seemed very quick. Like I think maybe she performed like six or seven songs. Um, it ended up being like 19 minutes, which uh, I don't know if that's like short or long for Super Bowl performances, but I was like, man, that was pretty quick. Um, and then the, probably the dominating thing of the whole performance so many people on twitter were like is she pregnant um and then later on it came out that she actually is pregnant um uh, with her second child so shout out to her and asap rocky for the um being fruitful and multiplying <laughs> um so good to see that but yeah i i like the performance if i have to give it a rating i would say a solid nine out of ten yeah no it was solid like i think usually like I tune into Super Bowl uh, as far as the halftime show, but I'm not really like crazy about it. But I don't know. I feel like Rihanna definitely, you know, deserved as as everybody does. But I just was like, let me go ahead and check this one out, and I was thoroughly impressed by how the all things went. And it was just for me when I was watching like the dancers. You know, obviously the dancers were like Rihanna was dancing a little bit too, but the dancers really were kind of doing the whole thing, especially with her being pregnant. And I always I was sitting there thinking like, yo, it's crazy because these people, first of all. This has taken, they've practiced this thing a hundred thousand times. And there's so many people, like probably the choreographer, I don't know who it was, who we won't know unless maybe like go Google it or whatever, that spent hours trying to get this thing together to do everybody's on cue, coming up the routine and stuff like that. But if one person messes up, 
in the biggest moment, although you've practiced it a hundred thousand times, the whole thing is not the whole thing is messed up, but we know how Twitter is. They're going to jump on it. They're going to like oh, screenshot it, record it. And everybody's going to, that's going to be like the talk of the thing. So the fact that it seems like everybody was signed was so much on cue. Uh, it was great to see that. The, I can, like you were just talking about the shots. I can imagine the pictures of this thing because all the fireworks were going off in Glendale. It was a dope performance. I was exceptional. Once again, I'm just big on like, like, yo, that was dope. That was great. Congratulations, like to her. Cause and it came out a little bit before the Super Bowl that she didn't actually get paid for it. And so that that was kind of also the kind of the conversation surrounding it. And I kind of, Josh, man, you were talking about this a little bit earlier. What are your thoughts on like, because I didn't realize this was like a common thing. It's like, for the most part, you're not getting paid for it. And they're only going to give you a certain amount of a budget. And after that point, you put on your own, put, you put money in for yourself. So I think they said like, uh, Dr. Dre put like $7 million to it himself because he wanted it to be exactly what it wanted to be. And, and maybe his vision went a little bit over budget. But what are your thoughts between, uh, behind the people who perform artists who perform a Super Bowl not actually getting paid for it by a Super Bowl. They just usually cover the production costs. Yeah, I've always thought that was an interesting feat. Um I so it's two sides to it. I think that the NFL should definitely pay whoever they have work for them. Like it literally is a drawing factor to this huge event that they have going on. Like there's so many people that, of course, want to see the Super Bowl and want to see the teams and care so much about football. But when you're speaking to that large of an audience, there's so many people that only care about the halftime show that these artists are bringing in new viewers up in those numbers, up in those CPMs that uh, that get those high ratings and the impressions and all that stuff. Real advertising talk, but um, <laughs> very, uh, very interesting that they don't get paid even bring in a large audience um and then the other side of things i get it because it's like these artists that they're bringing in if they reach a wide enough audience that they're invited to the super bowl they most likely don't need the money that they would pay um like maybe they get paid like 10 million dollars or something i mean no one's sniffing at 10 million dollars but i think for a lot of people it's more so about having that accolade and like being able to put that in their tool belt of yeah i did this so if you think about all the people that have performed during the super bowl you think about michael jackson whitney houston wait she did the national anthem i don't think she actually did the halftime show but um kendrick lamar dr dre all these people like um the weekend like there's so many people that have done these legendary performances and like I feel like it's a really exclusive club so I get it from the lens of like this really isn't about money it's more so about just like notching this on my belt so like I get it from that perspective and you're really like solidifying yourself as one of the all-time greats like being able to perform like that um but yeah I I don't know I don't like the idea of people performing for free um especially when it's like they're bringing in people that most likely wouldn't have even tuned in I wonder if sometimes their label or their agents pay them for doing it so like you know maybe like Rock Nation might pay like uh people who last year if I can't think of all names I remember 50 Cent was on there but I think Eminem I don't remember exactly what I know 50 Cent was in it last year Dr. Dre yes Snoop Dogg all those guys I wonder if like their label pays them for that but we do know that they get I think J-Lo when they did think her album sales increased significantly and stuff like that and so maybe people google around oh she got Fendi maybe they already knew that maybe they doubled down on that by the products and stuff so exposure is crazy it's a lot of people but I, because I, I, Josh, you said that earlier today, and I really kind of sat there and thought about it. And I said, that's a really good point. It's like, all right, this is something that this person gets to join in the NFL. They say like the fraternity of, like a fraternity of the Hall of Fame, right? Which is a rare thing. Only a certain amount of people got the gold jackets. Just like this, only a certain amount of people ever can say they performed at the Super Bowl. And it's like, if you're an artist, you're getting to show your talents, your body of work as far as music. To all these people kind of remind them maybe and maybe even introduce to some people who maybe maybe they listen to a different type of music. Now they're gonna get introduced to you, they go run your stuff up. So it's amazing to be able to join, I'm sure, for around to be to be asked to be a part of it, and then obviously go in there and kill it. So shout out to her. 
and her team. And somebody said, another kid. Sounds like Rihanna fans didn't get no uh, new album no time soon. So shout out to all of them. <laughs> That's funny, bro. People are sick when it comes to new <laughs> albums, man. That's hilarious. Yeah, I was, you know, um, yeah, no, nah, like I said, all in all, great performance. I, I was thoroughly, as being someone, I've been listening around, like, because some of those things are like anthems to an extent, but just to see the whole production come together, I really enjoyed watching them do that. Now, hey, look, nah, no, not gonna say that. Mm-mm, no, no, no. I was about to say something. I said, let me leave that alone. I was just hint at what I was, the guy I was about to mention it, kind of alongside with uh, my dog Kanye. You see that he uh, with Adidas right now. Adidas is saying that they're probably gonna lose like 1.3, what was it, a billion or in sales or something like that? Nah, bro. Let's talk about it. Let's let's talk about it, bro. uh, And the reason I bring him up is because I remember in one of his shows, like one of the latter one, the later ones, wherever it was like the thing was hanging from the ceiling and he kind of had a breakdown. That is, it wasn't the same as what Rihanna had, but it definitely was like an object kind of floating. And I was like, oh, I haven't seen that since the Kanye thing, it seems like. So that's what, that's what kind of got me thinking about it. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Do you know the exact stat? It's like I know Adidas is losing a significant amount of money by not being able to sell his product. And apparently, if they were selling his the Yeezys, they'd have to give him some money, which they're not trying to do. I don't know. All the, do you know more details about that? I actually don't know too many details about that. Um, I know they're losing money. I know he's losing money. So it's just a lose lose all around. But the part of that I was like, let's talk about it. Um, I thought about Kanye because uh, during this performance, Rihanna performed All of the Lights, which of course is a Kanye song. And <laughs> I was at a, a bar watching this with uh, some of my friends and Janelle. Um, and it was just really, we all were like, hey, maybe they'll bring out Kanye. Then we were all like, no, that would never happen. <laughs> that would never happen. Like, could you imagine Kanye at the Super Bowl with a live mic? Like, bro, so many people would have, meltdown so many people would be like no no like i could just imagine that man saying hey i'm on stage right now america listen up (laughs) (laughs) hey they go to tackle them like the security officers be trying to get the people run on the like run on the uh field during the games it's like no i don't care what y'all do y'all go get that mic out of his hand and by the way what i was saying was adidas faces projected 1.3 billion loss after canceling uh kanye that's what I was referring to with the deal, but you know, they're not. Yeah, after um what, what podcast was he on where he set it on fire? Uh he was on a couple that he said Drink Champs seems like where the dominoes started. After Drink Champs, I think everybody is like, we're gonna think two, three, four, five times about giving him a mic. As a matter of fact, they're the, you know, some people probably you know, they were trying to get people to stop watching the NFL with the Colin Kaepernick situation, but, you know, some people stopped, some people didn't, whatever. Uh, that tell you what, you put Kanye on there to Super Bowl, you might get a couple people start watching the NFL after then. So probably best for all parties at Kanye. I don't know where he was, but he's probably masked up somewhere. <laughs> masked up. That's funny. <laughs> That's hilarious. But, dog, it was uh, an overall enjoyable experience. I, I enjoyed the Super Bowl. It was cool to see one of uh the ads that i've had the pleasure i will say i'll keep it pg the pleasure it was a lot of literally blood sweat and tears going into that it was cool seeing that um actually come out but man it's uh another super bowl in the books patrick mahomes got another one i'm trying to think is there anything else we should touch on in this episode can you tell us which brand I don't know if you said it already. Which oh, yeah, yeah. It was the the Sam Adams. Um, it, it was a commercial called Brighter Boston. Um, and it was only running in a couple of different regions. It was a regional ad, so not national. Um, so, yeah, if you didn't see it, you probably weren't in the in the region for it. But, um, yeah, it got some good reviews. I saw it got some um, some traction on some of the, the rankings of the Super Bowl ads. Um, Atlantic had it as the number one ad. And I was like, hey, hey. There you go. There you <laughs> so go. I definitely going to have to throw that in the book. Definitely going to have to throw it out on uh, the resume. So, yeah, it was a successful day for uh, for not only Patrick Mahomes, but uh, your boy Jay Germs. 
Jay Germs for the Super Bowl, folks. That was, this is going in the Dominic the Decker record books right here. It's the first edition. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. But yeah, dog, that's honestly all that I got. I know it's been a packed episode. We covered a lot. It's all been sports. Um, also, wait, wait, we got to acknowledge that Darius is not here. Um, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, he said that he might pull up at some point, but uh, the episode is ending. He did not pull up. <laughs> He's having a good time, man, down there in Tallahassee. So, Darius, we miss you as always. We'll uh, catch you on the next episode. We'll get him next one. Happy Black History Month to all those out there celebrating all the Black accomplishments uh, from the past and what is to come. So that's exciting this month of February. And, Josh, I think that's about it. Yeah, man, that's it for me. All right. Until the next time, peace. Call has been forwarded to an automated voice messaging system. I'm in rare form. Know that they praying for him to stop. No foreign, I just did a cool tour in Alaska. Entertaining the eyes. Know it hurt on the watch. Never heard of this watch, but I still got a cop. I just touched down to a surprise party for cops. Back in the field, you know I smarted a plot. I ain't even checking the scoreboard. I stopped. What for? Double up on this world tour and drop again. Why you looking for a block to spin? International blast, you can't box me in. A circle full of elites, you cannot be there. But a lot of folk in position, guess I gotta be here.